This is the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture and science to make our new nature in Christ second nature. This is episode 8 for Tuesday, September 17th, 2019. Our memory verse, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. As we finally get into Hebrews, we hit the ground running. The author, whomever he or she may be, didn't waste any time on etiquette to begin this letter. Most letters begin with an introduction to who's writing the letter. Philippians 1, Paul and Timothy. 1 Peter 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Not all letters start that way, but that was the etiquette. In Hebrews, however, the author just jumps right into his argument. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. If the author didn't take the time to introduce themselves, it must not be crucial to understanding the text. So we shouldn't waste lots of time trying to figure it out. I have my ideas, but they are simply that, ideas. No one knows. Although most scholars do agree that it wasn't Paul. Also, we don't know exactly who it was written to. Again, that's not a requirement to understand the text. It is a strongly worded exhortation, and perhaps that's why. I don't know. At the same time, I think the message of Hebrews is incredibly applicable to the church today. We have turned a corner in our society, one that we will probably never turn back from. Christianity had been accepted for a long time in the Western Hemisphere. This no longer appears to be the case. Support for Christianity is decreasing. No, it doesn't appear we are in any real danger of persecution, but the ease with which we have lived our faith is likely gone for good. I'm not saying this to be pessimistic, rather to prepare us for what lies ahead. The more culture surrenders itself to being molded and shaped by media and devices, the less accepting culture will be of Christianity. Becky, my wife, has been teaching our kids about the persecution Christians faced. It was ugly. Not just the games, but being dipped in tar and used as streetlights, whipped, beaten, crucified, and more. It was horrendous. However, it doesn't appear that this was the level of persecution the Hebrews were dealing with. Hebrews 12.4 says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Maybe the author is speaking directly about resisting sin. With the major theme of the book being about not falling away, I would guess that is the sin the author is dealing with, which would give us the inclination that the Hebrews have not yet been physically persecuted yet. Instead, it seems they have been facing cultural oppression of some kind, which also makes this a fitting letter for us today. Now to the text. 
The first nine and a half chapters will be setting Jesus up as greater than anything that previously existed. There is a point to this. If Jesus is greater, we should stand firm in our faith. We will see the author compare Jesus to the angels, Moses, Abraham, the Old Covenant, and the sanctuary. In all of these comparisons, Jesus is greater. In the past, God spoke through various means, but now God has spoken through Jesus. How did God speak through Jesus? By the Word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. It wasn't just an idea that was being communicated, it was a truth that had to be embodied. We get this impression in two distinct ideas, the radiance and the imprint. The NIV says radiance and exact representation. Let's look a little at both ideas. Radiance. The Greek word is apagasma. It's a cool word. It means reflected brightness, like we see here, but also effulgence, shining forth of a light coming from a luminous body, outraying. The Bible Project talks about this as the rays of sunshine. What are rays of sunshine? They are the light of the sun. It is the light that travels to earth. It is how we experience the sun. The light that comes from the sun is just like Jesus being the light that comes from God himself. Imprint. The Greek word here is character. It's where we get our word for character. It means the instrument used for engraving or carving. The mark stamped upon that instrument or wrought out on it. A mark or figure burned in, as in a branding iron, or stamped on. An impression, the exact representation, the image of any person or thing. Marked likeness, precise reproduction in every aspect, as in the mold or stamp used for making coins. Just like the stamp for a quarter makes an exact representation of that stamp, Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Then the author says, After he provided purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty. I love how the author calls God the majesty. Sitting down at the right hand of the majesty means he is superior to the angels. And then the author is going to get right into his argument about Jesus being greater than the angels. What do we do with these verses? What can we draw from them for our lives today? Well, hopefully you've read them and pondered them enough to draw something out for yourself. God wants to speak directly to you through his word. He doesn't want you to be dependent on me or any other teacher. This is a huge theme of Hebrews. But there are some thoughts I have. The one that stands out to me the most is this. Belief is not just an idea, it's a demonstration. We use the word believe in a lot of ways. Because of this, its meaning has been watered down. But in a very real way, the only beliefs we hold are those we demonstrate with our lives. If I say, I believe I can fly, but never attempt to do so, I don't really believe I can fly. I wish I could fly, I don't believe I can fly. How did I get that idea from these verses? Well, for one, it comes from studying Hebrews for the past couple of months. But it is right here in the beginning. In these last days, he, God, has spoken to us by his Son, Jesus, through whom he, God, made the universe. God has spoken to us through Jesus. This voice is the same voice that made everything we see with our eyes. Not just the idea of creation, but what we actually see. Then the author says the Son is the radiance and imprint of God. 
Seeing Jesus is seeing the Father. Read the book of John. Finally, everything is sustained by his powerful word. Life is sustained by the word of God, Jesus, the exact representation of the Father. When God speaks, it is more than just an idea, it's a demonstration. God speaking is how the universe was created. God speaking is how everything is sustained. And Jesus is God speaking to us. Not just words and ideas, but the demonstration of those ideas. Truth is not just a concept, it is that which corresponds with reality. Truth is not just an idea, so belief in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, is not just intellectual assent. It is not just believing he existed as a historical figure. It is to reorder everything in my life around him and what he taught until my life looks like his. Why? Because belief isn't just an idea, it's a demonstration. And God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God, by sending his Son to make a way out for us, demonstrated his love for us. So I must demonstrate my love for him in the same way. Even before I can see with my eyes the evidence that God is who he says he is, I will live my life in such a way as to demonstrate that God not only exists, but that he is who he says he is. Belief is not just an idea, it's a demonstration. Are you demonstrating your belief with your life? www.thejesushabit.com